and welcome. This is Offset, a brand new podcast. We're going to take you behind the scenes of everything entertainment. My name is Lydia Batham. I am an entertainment reporter. And I'm Lucy Ford and I'm also an entertainment reporter. We work in the same team. It's a very (laughs) small team. Um, So we have lots of discussions about the world of entertainment all the time. Yeah. But now it's recorded. Yeah, now you have to actually listen to it and see if you agree, enjoy, whatever. But this week we're going to talk specifically about the Oscars because it's the biggest thing that's going to happen this week and we want to make some predictions maybe because we're being brave. Well, we should say we're entertainment reporters. Yes. We're not film critics, which actually I think is maybe a different type of opinion. We're not yeah. here to, to judge things like four out of five stars or whatever. We're just going off like what we've seen and what we like. I'm very glad I'm not a film reviewer because I would never be able to do that job. I'd give everything four out of five stars just have, to be polite. Yeah, I have also no strength in my conviction sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I thought it was fine. I'll find like, I'm too some- nice. Mm-hmm. I'm too nice. I'll always find something to like somewhere in a film. Mm, there's been an odd few where okay, I've really true. struggled, but I mean, that's like a couple in a few yeah, years. That's like. true. But I mean, these are Oscar films, so like, there's something good about all of them. <laughs> true. Yes, that's very true. There tends to be something that people enjoy. Or do they? That's the argument. Yeah. Or is it that it's just people in the industry like these films? That's so true, actually, because I think as well, it's really important to note that we are in such a bubble. Yes. Because I think I was just saying off air. So you might have heard of some of the Best Pitch nominees. Um, the one that I was really surprised at and how it did in general release was Call Me By Your Name, which I have been like, the one person PR machine for anyway. But everyone I follow on Twitter was like, this film's amazing, everyone's going to go see it. And then when it actually came out for wide release, no one saw Mm. it. As opposed to Darkest Hour, which everyone saw, and I don't feel like anyone was really that bothered about seeing it. That's because you weren't bothered about seeing it. That's true, I wasn't bothered. That's generally why. But people (laughs) people really do like World War II films, and people love Winston Churchill. Yeah. So, So, Yeah, so here's a rundown of the best picture films. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So. So. It's quite a big field. So in, we obviously have just come off the BAFTAs last week where it's half the size. Yeah. So. Makes it harder. It Um, does. Because this is also the year that they've included some like rogue choices. I think in previous years they would not have nominated Get Out or Lady Bird. That's probably true. I wonder why they've... Well, I don't wonder why they've included them because they're great films. Yeah. They're probably two of my favourite films that I've seen of these. So I can understand why they should be included. Shouldn't it also be about films that we enjoy? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think like people maybe thought like Lady Bird especially is not like a traditional Oscar Academy Award nominated film because like nothing really happens in it but mm. in like a good way it's just a really lovely a nice I say lovely story it's not yeah. actually that lovely it's, it makes you really think about your relationships with your mum but um, but I still think it's got something special about it yeah and, and I think the why. same with Get Out which you know that's not a an opinion that isn't widely held. It's like I mean, it's crushed with, it at the box office. I mean, yeah, crushed it at the box office, but also with the critics. Yeah. It, it came out sh- around a year ago, didn't it, in America, and it was a little yeah. bit later here. And about I remember here, I the think. first time I heard about it was because it had this 100% review on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. for such a long time. It took 100 and 
30 reviews, I think, before it got a negative review. Oh, really? Something. It was something along that one those. one person. That, it, and it was, because that's one how person, I saw yeah. it. It was because um, Alison Williams, I follow her on Instagram, because she, and she yeah. was in Girls, and she's in it, and she was like, it had to be one person. Yeah, it's like what it happened down. with Black Panther, where there was one reviewer <sighs> that took it down to 98%, and then no matter how many positive reviews, you can never get 100% no. again. If you've got so a frustrating. Certi- if there's a certified rotten... I say not certified rotten. If there's yeah. a rotten review, You're never getting hundred yeah. percent. I do. I rate a lot of films off um, Rotten Tomatoes, and when I, I go, I do as well. If, out of interest, when you see films um, and have to do the interviews before reviews are out, do you really struggle? Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like this one. Or yeah, not. because also sometimes I'm like, well, I liked it, but yeah. then apparently everyone else hates it, or like vice versa, like. Was that rubbish? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I like don't know whether I don't like things. I know. I'm very caught up in things. Yeah, so this year I feel like there's a really m- good mix between like mm-hmm. things that wouldn't have been nominated. Like, I don't know. Call Me By Your Name is probably like very much in the middle. Like, it's kind of Oscar bait. But, yes. you know, like The Post is very Oscar-y. Totally. Phantom Thread is very Oscar-y. Um, Shape of Water. Yeah, and Three Billboards as well. I think it's like a... And Dunkirk, I think, is a kind of... Rogue choice as well, maybe. It's very, like, stunning. It's, I mean, it's it's an epic war film. It's definitely... I mean, Christopher Nolan tends to get a nomination whenever he does yeah. things because... He doesn't do them very much. He doesn't do them very often. And what he does, he tends to try and yeah. switch. He's trying to be a Stanley Kubrick where he, like, tries different genres. Yeah. So he's like, this is my war film. And this, you know, before he did his space film. And before that... Oh, that's funny. He, You know, he's done superhero. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's but there are people that like horror next, I believe. Ooh, no, I don't know. I'm no, I'm just. No, I'm should... literally just saying. Has he done a horror? I guess he kind of has. But I mean, the success of Get Out horror is probably going to get a boost. Yeah. But then, but there are people that you know. If Tom Hanks is in something, he'll probably get nominated. Or Meryl 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 Street. Meryl Street more than Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks in. And Daniel Day Lewis does a film every eight years and gets and this nominated. Is, and this, this is his last one. Last one apparently. Although I just think, like, you already take a seven-year break between your films. Like, you really didn't have to tell anyone. <laughs> you could have just in never done one again. In seven years' time, you could have been like, oh, by the way, guys, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, I have, my big thing is I just think about the finances of that. I'm just like, yeah. what's he doing in the meantime? Like, does he make enough money? I mean, I'm sure he does make enough money from each of those films to sustain himself. But Really, though? Like, he's not getting bank from Phantom Thread. Do you no, know what I mean? True. Like, it's not a blockbuster. No. It's... It's not one that I can imagine most people have seen. No, I'm just trying to look at the... Um, D- certainly not to sustain you over seven years. He must have his finger in other pies. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can give our predictions. I don't know if they're any good. <laughs> That's but, true. But what well, we can tell you as a fact is that the winner of the BAFTA Best Picture yes. doesn't necessarily relate to who wins at the Oscars. So people often think that you can make your predictions from the BAFTA winner. Pretty much in the actor category, that's true, I'd say. Once yes. you've started winning and cleaning up the acting awards, that's done deal. It's going to be Francis McDormand. It's going to be Sam Rockwell. It's, it's going, going to be, be Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. It's probably going to be Alison Janney. Yes. It's the picture category. Apparently seven times in the last 17 years, they've matched. Yes. And also, so the, the one that has cleaned up, you might have, heard is three billboards outside ebbing missouri which is a really divisive film because foreign audiences as in like the hollywood foreign press Mm -hmm. and bafta love it Mm -hmm. but american audiences are a bit less sold on it because i think that from what i've read around it and what people what critics have said you know 
the guy who wrote it and directed it, Martin McDonough, he's British and he he's selling this idea of America that I think, you know, foreign audiences might be like, oh, that's America, but American audiences are like, actually, that's not that's really not us. us. So I, I do, don't know how it would do yeah. the Oscars. And in, in the other interest, so both the BAFTA or BAFTA and um, the Oscar Academies, uh, they have 7,000 people in them. There's only a 500-person crossover. So only 500 people, roughly, can vote in both. Ah, so, interesting. Yeah. Also, the Oscars have changed their voting. So it used to be a, a standard way of voting, but now they have added in preferential votes. So you vote for your first choice, your second choice, and your third choice, which could make things interesting because, you know, say you might have Shape of Water and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri as everyone's first choice, but that would mm-hmm. split the vote. But then Get Out or Ladybird could be everyone's second choice. Because they're like, That's oh, I don't true. want it to be my first choice, but it could, it's my but second. You, and then that number, because it's an, mm. a majority over the first choice, which is split, could bump it up to the, the best picture. True. But do you not think that maybe people might go Three Billboards, Shape of Water? Let's say if they go, yeah, they, they might go Three Billboards, Shape of Water, Get Out, then they might do Shape, Shape of Water, Water yeah. Three Billboards, and therefore you they still could. just got a two-horse race. All people could do... They could really love Shape of Water and not like yeah. three billboards. I mean, it could be, it couldn't, it could not change anything. But it could also because it's new, it's harder mm. to predict. Whereas, like you know, in like a couple of years time, they can be like, oh well, this has been the pattern for yeah. two years. But now it's like, and I think people want excitement as well. Like I, after last year, like I think, I don't know. I just think, especially because you've got kind of like you've had the Golden Globes, you've had the Baftas, mm-hmm. you've had the SAG Awards, and at this point, it's like. What is the Oscars going to be different that is yes. going to make it worth waiting? Because, because otherwise it's just the same show. That was the thing I was going to say, is that really the only big thing that I feel like we've taken away from a lot of these award shows this year is Time's Up yeah. and Me Too. And that's great, but that also I think has taken dominance because it's not been a very interesting year in other ways. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, abs- like from a film perspective, I just don't think there's, there's nothing that you're going, ah, oh, I loved it. Like, I know yeah. you didn't like La La Land, yeah. but it was, uh, but so, then there but was such a passion about that film. Yeah. It made people feel so much. And I just don't know if any of these films have done that. No one is passionate about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. True. Like no one is passionate. No one's like, oh my God, it doesn't like sweep you away. You're just kind of like, okay, fine. Yeah, there's it's no... And also I think no diss to anyone involved, be who you want to be. But, you know, you've got a lot of very interesting and like funny people nominated that mm-hmm. like do a great speech or like fun in interviews. They're not the ones winning. That's true. So, you know, you've got your Daniel Kaluuya's, you've got your uh, Ladybirds, you've got Greta Gerwig, Jordan Peele, whatever. They're not winning. The people who are winning are Gary Oldman and Frances McDormand, who could not care less about mm-hmm. being at a award show. Like, she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. You know, so the actual sound bites we're getting aren't particularly oh, moving or fun. So it's a lot of stars, not many celebs, if you know what I mean. What do you think, just going back to, so in the be- we've talked about the best picture, but best director. Yeah. I think this is where they've, they've changed. Like, this is where the category is different in terms of the makeup to every other award show we've seen so far because Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele both picked up nominations, which yeah. they have not picked up anywhere else. And I think the fact that they are on there means that there's a high chance that they might pick it up or is it all going to Guillermo del Toro? 
So the odds on Guillermo del Toro picking up are like, it's not even worth putting a bet on. You'll right. get maybe like 50p <laughs> if you bet. <laughs> and anyone. we don't really understand betting, just to let you I know. literally did it as a calculator. <laughs> like, I'm, not a, I'm not a human calculator, mm. I like typed in. Um, I don't know about Lady Bird. I don't think it's got a, a chance. I think Jordan if there's Peele any chance, could, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele could be, and again, it could be the whole thing of the first choice, second choice. I mean, yes. I think it probably will go to Guillermo del Toro, but it'd be cool if it didn't. Yes. Like, I bet Guillermo del Toro Although is Jim the Toro, nicest yeah. man alive. Yeah. Or isn't he? He is a human. He's like Paddington Bear. Like, <laughs> he's just the cutest man. He's really sweet. And he doesn't win many awards. So actually, like, I wouldn't be mad if he no, won it. I wouldn't it. be mad if he won it either. I don't think anyone could be mad if he won it. I yeah. Actually, I look at this category. I actually haven't seen Phantom Thread, so let's... Um, I mean, that's... That, that to one side. Again, I would be happy if any of them won it. I love Christopher Nolan too, so I, I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think he stands a chance, but um, I th- I, I'm sure he's fifth on the list or fourth on the list for people. I enjoy but. his losing face because he really wants to win. Oh, yeah, no, he's definitely Really wants to win. Yeah, it, and then they always cut to him when he loses and he's just yeah. like... It's like a Leo thing, isn't it? Yeah, like <laughs> for smile. <laughs> one day. But... um. I mean, I, I liked Phantom Thread. I actually really enjoyed it. But um, again, I think Paul Thomas Anderson is one of those ones that's like a Meryl that like he makes a film every so often mm-hmm. and they're good enough. Yeah. Um, interesting that Martin McDonough isn't nominated. Which I actually maybe, didn't know that. Yeah, he isn't. An, um, and what does that mean for Best Picture? Yeah. Because it's normally the whole thing that they tend to... You tend to, sh- you should be, if you're up for best picture, if you're really in contention for best picture, then you should be up for director. Surely the best film is the one that's directed the best. Yeah, because that was what they said was a big problem with Lady Bird at the Golden Globes, is that it won the best picture for musical or comedy. Yeah. But Greta wasn't up for director. And they said, how can, a, how ca- can you say that she has directed one of the two best pictures that you've seen this year, because it's either drama or yeah. comedy, and say that... She- she isn't good enough as a director to get a director nomination. We're yeah, not saying not she even, had yeah. to win it, but surely the winner of that one of those categories should at least be up in that category. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's a tough one because as with a lot of, you know, you see the people who've won it before, you see the films that have won mm-hmm. it before, and it's almost a bit less like who does the best acting or the best directing as who does the most. So yeah. a lot of the criticism about Lady Bird is that they're like, wow, like, what was that hard to direct about Lady Bird? Because it was just like, mm. you know, quote unquote, a simple film to make, as opposed to Dunkirk, which is all practical stunts and practical yeah. effects and locations, shoots and stuff. But that's probably not a very like, that's not the way that you're supposed to judge it. But that, and you know, you get that with Leonardo DiCaprio won for The Revenant because he lived inside a bison. Yeah. Like he basically killed himself. So he should get it because he did the most to get yeah. it. And that's and the case with a lot of the ones he win. That, like, totally. And sometimes it is, sometimes you feel like they've actually just looked at the body of work mm, from previous years too. Like, I feel like yeah. it was just like, Leo deserves it for everything oh, well, he's ever was, done. Like, Leo's, Leo's going to retire. Like, we have to give it to him before he <laughs> retires and start saving the planet. Exactly. Whereas sometimes, yeah, it's not necessarily on the individual film's merit sometimes, maybe. Mm, I still think, just is, going to that, that um, Jacob Tromley. He was robbed that year. He should have been up for best actor for Room. But there was no way that Leo could lose to a child. Yeah. Um, can you imagine? That would have been absolutely hilarious. Like, sorry, Leo, we're going to give it to this 10-year-old. <laughs> no, but that's what they're saying about Gary Oldman. Like, yeah. okay, disclosure, I haven't seen The Darkest Hour, but whatever. Um, Unlike most of the world. Even, <laughs> I'm the only one. But, you know, 
like at this point, they're like, well, Gary Oldman should get a nom. As opposed to Timothy Chalamet, the youngest one nominated. They're like, well, why would we give it to him? He's done like two films at this point. They're judging it on Gary Oldman. He should have one by now. The body of work. Yeah. And And also there's that old thing of, it might be different now that they've done it differently and they've added to the Academy, but Oscar voters vote for the men they want to be and the women they want to sleep with. Is what they say. Younger women, older Mm. men. Well, it always is. Yeah. That's the thing. You think about um, actresses. So many of them get Oscars in the sort of in their 20s and 30s, like 20s, 30s years, yeah. you know. Whereas it seems like a lot of the men, they get it in their 50s. Yeah. 40s. 40s, 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 50s. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's probably very true. The yeah. old white men voting for the Oscars. I won't get out to just win and I, steal it. That's my big thing, is I actually wouldn't be surprised if Get Out got it at the, at the Oscars, I think. I think they could win a big one, whether it's... I think it should win a big one. So, uh, currently, from what I understand about odds, first for actor is obviously Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet and Daniel Kalia are tied for second. Oh, They've both got the same odds. 16 to 1. Um, it's not great odds. <laughs> not fantastic, but it's the second most. I mean, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman is one to twenty-five, mm-hmm. so you will win nothing. And it's the same with the best picture for Jordan Peele. So it's three. Uh, no, sorry, it's third. Okay. Shape of Water, three billboards, Get Out, which is interesting. And then That's I think it's the same for director, which is Guillermo del Toro, and then Jordan Peele. So I think they have like a really good chance of winning something. Mm. What's an actress out of interest? Is it just Frances McDormand? Because oh, I'm yeah. still starting my campaign for Margaret Robbie. Yeah, I mean, starting my campaign. I'm too late. They've already voted. It's like <laughs> Frances McDormand. I think is like <laughs> seventy-eight to one, <laughs> and then the rest is like sixteen to. Like, so one. what does that mean that you no, get? Sorry, one to seventy-eight, which is like if you bet seventy-eight pounds, you'll get seventy-nine. Oh, okay. If you win, whereas if I bet on Margaret Robbie, so she was like. 21, 22 so, to 1. If I bet one pound, I bet, I'd get 22. So if I bet a pound on Francis McDormand, would I get 78p? No, you'd get... Wait. Is it 0.078 or something like that? Yeah, you'd yeah. get 0.012. <laughs> so put your bets in, guys. You're going to get... Drinks on us. <laughs> okay, don't bet any money on Francis McDormand. That's it's stupid. Not worth it. You've it's got not to go rogue. It. You've got to go rogue if you're going to make, trying to make money. I've bet £3 on a really rogue one because what? if it pays off, I'll what? get... Well, I've bet £3 on get Daniel out. Kaluuya. Oh, Daniel Kaluuya. So oh. I'd get £54. But oh if I lose God. it, I'd, get, I'd lose three quid. Which is, which like, is not the end of the world. Like a Pratt coffee, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah, just skip a coffee for the week. There's also like, there's some really fun bets that are like combined ones. Yeah. I think one of them was like 200, 240 to one or something. I can't remember what it was, but you'd the get so is, much money. But I'm just not a betting person. In my head would it be really like, fills me with anxiety. Yeah, I think I thought I made some really great bets, I think, one year on some rugby and it was terrible. <laughs> and I like guided my friend. No, it was on the US election. And I thought I was like, I've got this, I've got this down. I've got I've like, done I the research. Like, I've done all the research. <laughs> I've looked into all the different states that are going to be won and which way they're going to go. And literally we're betting on the states. No, I lost everything. I didn't bet that much. I bet like five pounds. Yeah, I'm really just like, I, uh, any more than a tenner, I think I'm just like, yeah. I start getting clammy. <laughs> I, start, I just really yeah. get stressed. I know. So I did put a bet on Get Out. Okay. So good. I could be eating my words this time next week. We could we could talk to you about Lucy might be buying all the champagne for us to celebrate post Oscars. <laughs> probably worth mentioning that we've actually chatted to a lot of the nominees buried the lead there (laughs) we really did uh we've we've chatted to a lot of them not necessarily always about 
whether or not they're going to win an Oscar because I think half of them know that they're not. Yeah, and also they're so humble. Like, they are. Quote, unquote, humble. They've got a line that they say yeah. about like, oh, I'm just, you know, I just had the best time making it. Like, anything else would be a bonus. It's like, yeah, but you really want the Oscar, though, don't totally. you? And also part of what we do, so, you know, to kind of describe our life, we work in radio, so we interview these people to go out on radio stations that play pop music. So we're not going to delve into like the deep, dark side of a lot of the subject matters of these films because yeah. that's not really going to work next to Ariana Grande songs or yeah. you know Harry Styles like or whatever really, it is. We really are those people that asked about Harry Styles when he was in Dunkirk. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the kind of the boxes we have to tick. So... We're trying to find the thing that's a little bit funny, the thing that's a little bit different. You know, if it's Margot Robbie, I'm going to ask about the British TV show Dancing on Ice, which if you're in America, you won't have a clue what that is. Neither did she. Um, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a great chat. No, it really was, actually. She was really, really nice, as was Alison Janney. Um, so right now we're going to sort of dwell, delve into our chats with some of these prestige people now people that forevermore we have to say academy award nominee shall we start, we'll start because i mentioned it oh, we're going to start with uh margot robbie i sat down with her and alison janney to talk all about i tonya if you've seen the film or if you know anything about tonya harding who she's playing uh, you'll know that she was at the winter olympics in 1994 and her lace broke just before she had to go out and do her routine the commentators sort of described this as every skater's nightmare. So my first question was to find out if either of them had recurring nightmares. I don't have a recurring one specifically, but I have dreams and nightmares almost every single night. So, yeah, I, I, I'm often stressing about being late and missing things. And... I have recurring the actor's nightmare always that I'm on stage and I don't know my lines and I'm desperately searching for a script and no one has it and... All those, and, and then the other favorite recurring dream I have is that I marry someone, and then after the ceremony, they they turn into somebody completely different, and I keep convincing everyone this is not who I married. Oh, it's so probably strange. deeper than you wanted to go in this. Five minute <laughs> I mean, I knew it was a deep question. I was like, you can either go with the lighter or the deep. <laughs> I've yeah. not heard of that one before. Yeah. No, yeah. me neither. Pretty crazy to have yeah. that one. Yeah. We'll have to um, discuss what that means later. We'll psychoanalyze that later. <laughs> we'll get a dream expert yes, in for you. Yeah. And obviously, Tonya was banned from skating sort of professionally, I guess. If, is there anything, that you, like a hobby or something that you sort of love doing that if someone took it away from you would be really sort of awful? I, in that scene, was trying to think if someone told me I was never allowed to step foot on a set again, how would I try and convince them to please, please don't say that? Like, I, my life would be over. Yeah, I'm, likewise, I would be probably acting if someone said I couldn't do that anymore. She also danced to film soundtracks, which I kind of love the idea of. Batman. They're so, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and Jurassic Park. Yeah, very uh, expensive songs that we couldn't clear for the actual movie, but I did my skate choreography to those songs. Then we had to get different music in over the top. Was that actually quite a process then, to work out music that kind of timed right? It is Quite a process. Well, we we timed it and filmed it and choreographed it to the music she skated to, but we were in the process of trying to figure out the clearance and what we could afford in contingency. So it uh, ended up that we couldn't use uh, the movie theme songs that they originally used because I won't bore you with the details, but it gets expensive. Yeah. Is there any song that you actually gets you dancing? Um, uh, Groove is in the heart, delight. That's one of my favorite dance mm -hmm. tunes. That one? Grooves in the heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Ah. Yeah, I love that so one. Then I need to hear That's songs sometimes to know yeah. what they are. Yeah. Do you know what I'm still people? dancing to? What? The Havana song that we oh, heard yeah. on Graham Norton last night. Yeah, that was fun. Well, I guess it would be technically on TV tonight. Yeah. By the time this plays. We're, yeah. yeah, but whenever this plays, whatever, we're on Graham Norton and... Yeah, that song, I was, it's yeah. been in my head ever since. Um, at the premiere, there was some Dancing on Ice uh, stars. I don't know if you know what that show is or if you got to speak to them at all. I, I, I didn't, but I heard that they were coming. I yeah. met one to, today. It was that today. I've done so many things today. Yes, I did a morning show the day, and I met one of the dancing stars, skating stars. So, But I've not seen the show. Yeah. My friends were freaking mm. out, though. Were they? Yeah, they're like, oh, my God, KEM's that? Who's KEM? I didn't know who they were referring to. Whatever, they were excited about and quite And it's obviously it's Torval and Dean that are behind it, which... Oh, they are? They're like the head judges. Oh, my God, yeah. I didn't know. They're one of the, that. I grew up watching them. I love Torval and Dean. Like, literally could not love them more. I didn't know that. Okay, now say, I'm going to have to watch. Would you be very starstruck if you met them? Yes, then? I would be. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, yeah. for me, me and my colleague were talking about this, so Drop Dead Gorgeous is one of our absolute favourite films. Yes. I'm sorry, I know you hear this probably all the I time. I got some. <laughs> <laughs> But is, is that like a reaction you do now get? Like, oh, God, all these people say that to me. And is it a film that you had sort of watched when you were younger and loved? Drop Dead Gorgeous, I loved. But the one that I've, like, my friends and I quote lines from Alison's character in 10 Things I Hate About You all the time. Like, literally, <laughs> for brains everywhere. Quivering member. I like that. Uh, cat. Cat. Wow. Like, we literally, there are a oh million God, lines. so funny. How does it feel when people do that? I love it, especially if Marco does that. I'm completely flattered. Um, um, I, I absolutely love it. And Drop Dead Gorgeous is one of those, you know, I love when people come up and, and, and that's sort of a one of those um, uh, cult classic, you know, has become because when it came out, it was not received very well, but it's a pretty fun movie to be part of. So that was Lydia chatting to Margot Robbie and Alison Janney, which I'm eternally jealous of because I'm obsessed with Alison Janney. But you met her the night before at the premiere, so Lucy... I did, I freaked yeah. the hell out. Like, I'm just being greedy at this point. I just want, <laughs> like, do you just want to go for a drink? So we also chatted to, I also chatted to Timothy Chalamet, who is up for lead actor for Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And I, Lydia knows this very well, I am a one-woman PR team for Timothy Chalamet. I'm fully on the Timo train. We should call him Tim- Timothy Chalamet. Chalabay. I thought he was really great in Call Me By Your Name. I cried on the tube home when I uh, saw that film. So actually when I started talking to Timothy and his co-star Army Hammer, who isn't nominated, but it's also very good in the film, um, I did open the conversation with the fact that they had made me seem like that crazy person who cries on public transport on their own. Well, thank you both for speaking to me about this film, but I want to blame you for making me that crazy person that cried on her own on public transport. <laughs> but it meant I got two seats to myself because no one wanted to sit next to the girl that was crying. Yeah, yeah. So. It's actually a really good idea. So it's a good idea. <laughs> every, every time I get on public transportation, talking or you know, crying or, or talking to yourself. What about having a conversation with the person next to you who's not there? I do. Because then, if someone tries to go, you go, "Excuse me, there's someone already seated here." No, 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 no. Okay, I'm sure you have questions. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying this. Um, is that a reaction that you've been getting from like early viewings of this film? Yeah, I think it was a. It happened at Sundance where uh, the film ended, and it seemed like people were receiving it warmly. But it was really in the Q and A where somebody raised their hand and they alluded to the speech that Michael Sulbark's character gives to my character at the end of the film, and without giving away any spoilers, it's very powerful and it's very much the parent uh, that a lot of people wish they had in their life and weren't privy to have. Uh, and somebody raised their hand and talked about how their father had never given him that type of warmth and love and support the way Michael does in the film. And that's the first time I thought to myself, oh, wow, you know, this this 
might have the power to really affect people in a positive way. And that was thrilling because I haven't, I'm obviously very young in my career, but I have not had that sensation before. Yeah, I bet. That's the bit that set me off. Um, do you guys have a favourite scene that you either, like from shooting or how it came out in the finished film? I'm sleeping in the shot and without giving anything away, Army plays about 6,000 emotions in the span of four seconds and without any lines and he just kind of comes over the bed and that scene always floors me when I watch it because that's so cool. It's so cool when somebody's acting and you can almost project what they're thinking within the scene. I mean, now it just sounds like we're really kind of giving each other like a nice service here, but uh, <laughs> I, I think my, my favorite is it's the final shot of Timmy looking at the fire, which is incredible. And it's so good that the credits come on at the end of the movie and people don't know that it's over. They just sit and like, they just watch. It's nice that you guys can compliment each other because it'd be bad if you were like, well, actually my favorite is <laughs> my performance. It's actually somebody, no, yeah. <laughs> me. <laughs> I have to comment on the dancing because that was one of my favorite bits to see yeah. dancing. <laughs> because for me, the most awkward thing that I think I could ever do on camera is dance. Me too. Was there music he playing was so when you were doing miserable it? that I night. hated that day. That's that's one of the hardest days I've ever had of filming uh, because there's no music. So like it'll start and it'll be like dun 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 dun, and then they'll turn off all the volume, and then I'm just like dancing, and then there's like 75 background artists all just like watching who are bored, who've been there for hours watching the same thing, and then like the whole crew is watching, and I'm dancing to like nothing and silently. And in my head, I'm just screaming, I hate this, I hate this so much. And then I look over at Timmy, and he'd be off camera dancing, like having his own good time. And I was like, now I hate him. Like, I, ah. it, was, it was terrible, but it all was, you know, there's so much about the body language of Oliver being free and just being able to let go. Uh, that, uh, that was, it was a fun challenge to get to do as an actor. That's a great irony as well, that it's you're portraying someone feeling very free and you feel so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. <laughs> So we didn't get to talk to Saoirse Ronan. I've spoken to her in the past and she's absolutely lovely. I love her. Oh, no, she's oh, 23, three so, Oscar nominations. She is the future Meryl, let's be honest. She is. And also she kind of looks like Meryl. Do you know mm. what I mean? How many Oscar nominations does she have to get before she gets a win? Yeah. That'll be an interesting watch. But, um, she could so be the new Leo. She, she, could, she could be. <laughs> How many did Leo get before he got one? Four or five? See, look, she's pretty close already. She's, there, she's 23. Yeah. Come on, Sasha, cool it. Yeah. No, she's going to... No, keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> keep going. Um, but our colleague, Natalie Jameson, went and sat down and chatted to her and asked, um, because Sasha's obviously done this before, she's pro, she actually went to her first Oscars at like 13, of course, for Atonement, just asked her how she sort of found the, you know, the Oscar luncheon. You've done it before, you've been through that, but you seemed so like relaxed and casual. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the video? Did you see when I stood on the podium and there was nobody next to me? So like everyone stood on their row and there was usually someone there so they could kind of shake the hand and go, oh, well done, well done. And I walked onto my row and I was like, oh, there's nobody here. I was just completely on my own. And then I turned behind me to see Greta because I kind of thought, oh, it's our film and you've been nominated and I've been nominated. But she was standing next to Meryl Streep and so, like, did not have eyes for anyone else for the whole luncheon. And were you not like, hey, Meryl, hi? No, that, no, I was just trying to get Greta's attention. The whole time she was like, I'll talk to you after. I'm talking to Meryl. <laughs> um, and uh, since talking about this film a lot anyway, there's, there's a lot of Timmy Chalamet fans out there. I'm not surprised. How cool is he really? He's really cool. I don't even know if he realises how cool he is, but he's very, very cool. And he's very smart 
and he's a brilliant actor and he's a very lovely person. Is there anything he does that is uncool? Yeah, well, there is one... Yeah, there is something that I saw from the note. I can't talk about it. Yeah, he, he's, he can be uncool. He's not cool all the time. He, um, he can be very sweet, which isn't as cool. And obviously, some of you might have seen this small film called Black Panther lately. It's really... It's quite yeah. indie. We are doing our bit to really yeah. raise the profile of that movie. Yeah, we really are. Anyway, um, obviously, Daniel Kaluuya broke through with Get Out, although we'd known him as posh Kenneth and Skins years ago in this country. Um, but I sat down with him to chat about Black Panther and obviously had to ask just what it feels like to know that he is permanently, for all of time, Daniel Kaluuya, Oscar nominee. It's a bit surreal. It's like, yeah, it's a bit like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know how I've got here, but um, but I just feel really blessed mm. to have this opportunity, do you know what I'm saying? And to kind of like, and for it to be recognised, all you want to do is connect, mm-hmm. you know? And, 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 and the fact that Get Out connected with audiences and then now it's having a new life mm. with with the award season, it just makes me, makes me happy for, for the whole team yeah. as well, because we... We worked hard. And the team has been recognised, which is Yeah, and that's thing. what it's about, yeah. because that's what it was. Yeah. You know I mean, if it was just me, I thought a bit cool, but it'd be like, yeah. but this is a team effort. Yeah. Like, every, all, it's collaboration, filmmaking. Mm. And so when it reflects that, it's always really important yeah. for me. So as we said at the top of the episode, Human Teddy Bear, Guillermo del Toro, is up for Best Director with The Shape of Water. And he is the loveliest man mm-hmm. on the planet. And I had a very nice chat with him months ago now before even you know awards were in the air so this was very early on in the shape of water press tour so very lovely talk with the man himself you've created this amazing world but the thing that i kind of left with was there's so much water <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> was that challenging of course i mean the, the idea was every every minute and a half every two minutes you have to have an image of water it can be tears, drinking water, rain, a river, something. Uh, underwater sets, because it's the name of the movie. And, and the idea is the shape of water. It, it, water is like love, you know? It has no shape. It takes the shape of whoever or whatever embodies it. And it's like love is the strongest element in the universe because it's flexible, malleable, and it breaks through anything, steel, rock, Whatever it is, and, and, and the idea is can we represent it visually all the time without feeling repetitive? And, you know, even in the calendar, you say the past is like a, ri- the time is like a river flowing from our past. Uh, either verbally or visually, you have water all the time. It's always on the brain. Yes. Um, such incredible performances as well with Sally oh, yes. and Michael and Richard. Did you have these actors in mind when you mm-hmm. were writing it or did mm-hmm. it come after? No, I wrote it specifically for Sally. Oh, wow. Uh, like, like uh, I wrote it for Michael Shannon and I wrote it for Octavia. Then Stuhlberg and Jenkins and the rest, they were cast very carefully. And in the case of both of them, they were the first and only actors we approached for the role. Oh, wow. So what was it about Sally and Michael when you were writing it that you were like, they have to be in this film? Sally is unique. It's phenomenal. She has the most beautiful face in cinema today, but it's also uh, someone that is magical. Uh, She has a way of looking at things that is wonderful. And at the same time, you could meet her in the bus. 
at the bus station, you know? It's somebody that is accessible but, but ethereal. Uh, I mean, I, I absolutely love her. I think she, I wanted to, it's like you hear a singer and you see the range of that singer and you want to write a song for that singer. Is, uh, so I, I, three years before I met her, uh, I started writing for her specifically. I was watching Fingersmith, uh, the BBC series, and she falls in love with a woman, and it was so natural, so beautiful, so organic. I thought, she's phenomenal. And then I saw Happy Go Lucky and Submarine, and I was amazed. When Blue Jasmine came, yeah. everybody was talking about one performance, Kate Blanchett, but I, I, I thought, this is a tennis match. She needs Sally to return the ball. She's a privilege. And Shannon, same thing. Yeah. You know, what a unique man and uh, presence. And he has vulnerability. In the middle of all that horrible, brutal character, there is vulnerability a couple of times in the movie when he's let down to Octavia. I cast eyes in my movies. If you see Shannon's eyes, Sally's eyes, and Octavia's eyes, they're three different colors in the way they look at things. Octavia is superhuman. Is an actress I admired for many years. She's amazing. She is. She's wonderful in it. Um, it's getting quite a lot of awards buzz for both the film and the performances in it. Mm -hmm. Does that matter to you? You know, awards are fantastic when you get them, and you take it philosophically when you don't. Now, I work in, 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 uh, in the sort of vernacular of fairy tales, mm -hmm. and I really hope this connects emotionally. But there is a craftsmanship to the movie and a care in every department that is so exquisite and it took many years and it took a lot of effort. So of course I want at least my team to be recognized. But you know, you hope for the best. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Equally, we also sat down with um, Christopher Nolan, mm -hmm. who was up for Best Director and his film was up for Best Picture for Dunkirk. Again, this was like July. So none of us are even thinking about award season I know. at this point. It <laughs> just doesn't even film, cross your mind. I know. Insane that that film came out in July. What is it doing out in July? But Well, because it's a summer blockbuster. Yeah, that's true. But it's just funny. Films, I guess it's showing that like films don't need to come out between Os no. October and February to be Oscar no. nominees. Get Out came out March last year. Yeah, that's very true. You know, yeah, it doesn't really matter anymore. I think that kind of got proved a few years ago when Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh yeah, everyone got the most nominations. Everyone was like, it came out in April. How did this happen? <laughs> like, this is not one of the ones we've been thinking about. But anyway, going back to Christopher Nolan, um, we just kind of chatted about him finding the stars of the future in Dunkirk. Harry Styles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, because he wasn't famous. If yeah, you didn't know. he's really unearthed that <laughs> <Yeah>. talent. <laughs> You've got to talk about your, your fantastic cast. I mean, you've mm. got some of your old favourites in Tom Hardy and Cillian Murphy, yeah. two of the greats of Britain, Kenneth Branagh and Mark Rylance, and then this, I mean, I know a lot of folks have been put on Harry Styles, but some brilliant young stars yeah. that I think we, all of them are stars of the future. I mean, have you got quite high hopes for them? Do you think you've really discovered some of the best new British talent? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, we cast a very wide net. We, we got to do a very old-school sort of Hollywood process of open casting calls and looking at drama schools and you know like Tom Glenn Carter you know he dro dropped out of drama school to do the film I think they let him graduate based on the movie eventually but uh, and Finn Whitehead at, at the heart of things um, you know he's magnificent he's like a young Tom Courtney he's just got this open face and this empathetic response and so you you hook right into him from the beginning and I think all of these guys Jack Loud and, and Harry Styles I think they're going to go on and do 
wonderful things in, in motion pictures in the future. I think they're, yeah. they're, they are the stars of tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's quite hard for young actors to find those sort of breakout roles to actually give something for young talent. It's amazing. It's really fun to be able to do it. I mean, uh, it's a great privilege to be able to put together a large-scale film where you can say to the studio, we're going to cast unknowns, we're going to have new faces in this, and, and they were very supportive of that. I think they understood, the studio understood that we didn't want to do the you know, usual thing of a 30-year-old playing a 19-year-old. You know, we wanted fresh faces that the audience would understand this point that, that you know, these are kids sent into this awful situation. There you have it. That's us chatting to some Oscar nominees about anything that's not really, you know, everything <laughs> else but the Oscars. Yeah, we really skirt around that topic. <laughs> Every time you go into these interview situations, you have to bear in mind that often we haven't seen what they've been asked by anyone else yet because, funnily enough, they're all happening on the same day. Yeah. So you know when if you get sometimes we read YouTube comments and people be like, you know, why do they always ask the same questions? It's like because we've got the same source material to talk about. Like yeah, we have the them, same six minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> we've got the source material of the person we're talking to or the movie they're talking about. That's that's it. That's it. There's only so many questions, guys. <laughs> you we can't just try. go in and be like, so what's your favourite fruit or vegetable? Like you do have to do a little bit of like ego stroking at the yeah. top or something, you know. You've got to please the people around them. You've got to please the yeah. people that are trying to make sure that this film gets heard about. I think they get panicked that yeah. no one's going to know what, why you've spoken to this person if you don't outrightly say what the film is. I look forward but. to the future of this podcast where we, we un- unveil a little bit more about what these yep. junkets entail because they are something of a mystery to people yeah. not involved in them. Totally. That's I think one, people enjoy. That, that's one of our plans. We kind of want to talk to you about why we came to the conclusion that we were going to ask certain questions. <laughs> like, why on earth were you asking about Dancing on Ice? Because people watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so stick around for next week. Well, we'll, we'll be post-Oscars. Post-Oscars. And I'll either be bringing in the drinks or yeah. I'll be eating rice cakes. I might have week. made a whole <laughs> 0.012p. Thank you.